Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On The Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is podcast number 57. Over the next few days, I want to talk with you about places in Israel. And we're going to be along the northern border between Lebanon and Syria and Israel. And we're going to look today at the place called Tel Dan. Now, when Americans go to Israel, the last thing that they expect to see is what you will see in northern Israel. When people go to Israel from America, they usually expect desert, palm trees, and uh, goats and sheep. And, of course, all of that is in Israel, but it is in the south. In the north is the water country. It is an absolutely beautiful, breathtaking place. The Dan River near Tel Dan is a whitewater stream that looks very much like the mountains of eastern Tennessee or even somewhere in Colorado or California. It is a beautiful place, and it is a place where we spend a lot of time because it gets us out into the area of Israel where very few people go. Many American groups never go to Tel Dan. They never go to Mount Hermon. They never go to Banyas or the Banyas Waterfall. And because of that, they don't get to see a lot of the land that I would pray that everyone that goes would at some point get to see. When we take an alumni group, Group, we will take them always to the Dan Waterfall and let them hike down and see the beauty of that waterfall and then the trail that leads around to it and get a perspective of life in Israel that's different from desert and palm trees and sheep and goats and camels. And so we go to ancient Dan. There we see a gate that dates back to the division of the kingdom at the death of King Solomon in 931 when 10 tribes bolted north under Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who always has the epitaph that he caused Israel to sin. Now, I'll talk about that in a future podcast. But right now, I want us to center in on the Dan Nature Reserve and the city of Dan. It has a Canaanite gate there that dates back almost 4,000 years. It is an old arch gate, a triple arch gate that no doubt Abraham would have seen as he made his way and went by the city of Dan to recapture or better to free Lot from being captured uh, as he lived near the Salt Sea, the Dead Sea. And you can recall that story in the book of Genesis. But Dan was called Dan for the tribe of Dan. And Dan shouldn't have been there. Their tribal allotment was down around the coast. As a matter of fact, they had the coastal city of Joppa, which was Solomon's ancient port city and was a port city far before Solomon. And they had a swath of land that went from the coast all the way up into the Shvilah. We call that Shepelah, which literally is the foothills uh, between Judah and the tribe of Ephraim. 
And so they couldn't conquer those uh, people there, and they were constantly fighting with the Philistines and the coastal people. So they sent out five spies, according to the book of Judges, and they made their way to the north, and they spied out and looked for a place that was vulnerable. In other words, they left their inheritance. And while these five men were out, they spied on a place that was safe and secure. It was far enough from Sidon that they could not be rescued by the Sidonians. It was far enough away from any major city that they could go in and take this city, that is the tribe of Dan, without much effort. And the scripture says of it that it was a beautiful place, a lush place, and the people lived in peace, and they were not expecting these new people that had come in the land to come in on a peaceful people, but that's exactly what happened. Now, Dan went to the city of Laish. That's what it was called before it's called the city of Dan, where Jeroboam set up that golden calf in the north. And so they went in, the Bible says, on a peaceful people, and they overtook, they left their inheritance that God had given them and created their own inheritance. They set up their own priesthood there, and uh, they had their own images that they worshiped, and God didn't like it. It's amazing. God allows a lot of things to happen, but when God sees it and God doesn't like it, it doesn't last. And so down through the uh, annals of time, Dan to this day is called Dan, and it's a measurement from the far north all the way to the south to Beersheba. That's usually the measurement of the land of Israel, biblical land of Israel from Dan to Beersheba. But again, God didn't like it. And what Dan did is they left their inheritance, what God had given them, and created their own. Now, there's a lot of lessons that I would like to teach right here that God's had to show me over the years. But one thing I want to say to you, when God gives you something, you need to hang on to it because it's a gift from God. When we forsake what God has given to us and we initiate something on our own, we have to sustain that and we have to defend it. What God initiates, God sustains and God defends. And what we initiate and what we create, we have to sustain and we have to defend, and that gets very wearisome and tiresome as the Danites realized. Now, it's amazing when you go to Tel Dan and see all of the fortifications there and how large that city was. You would have thought it would have gone on to the end of time. But you see, God has the final say. As a matter of fact, when you study about the tribe of Dan, it seems like from the time they went in to the land and they forsook their inheritance and they created one of their own, that they were continually in trouble with God. And it's sad to say when you open up the book of Revelation and you go to the very last book of the Bible in chapter 7 with a ceiling of 12,000 people from every tribe in Israel, from the family of Jacob, from the family of Israel, you see that Dan is not mentioned. Dan forsook his inheritance and God forsook Dan. And because of that and other things that took place in the life of Dan, they're not mentioned among the tribes that are mentioned 
the 12 tribes in chapter 7 of the book of Revelation. As a matter of fact, Joseph is mentioned twice. That is, his son Manasseh is the oldest, and he is mentioned in verse 6. And then Joseph, of course, that would have been the tribe of Ephraim, which was one of the largest tribes in central Israel. That's where Joshua was from, and that's where Shiloh is located, and right in the heart of what is modern-day Samaria. And so Joseph gets a double portion. Again, God sees it all. Now, it's amazing when you look at the life of Joseph and of his children, if you put together Joseph's children, just the tribe of Manasseh on the eastern side and on the western side of the Jordan River among the uh, tribal allotments, if you put those two together, you'll see that it is in landmass. It rivals that of Judah, even when Simeon is put together with Judah. Joseph has a great place in the heart and heritage of God. And you put with Manasseh on both sides of the Jordan River. Just look at your maps. Look at those colored maps. And you put Manasseh on both sides and then Ephraim together. Joseph has the largest allotment in the promised land. Because, you see, there wouldn't have been a promised land, humanly speaking, without Joseph. And what his evil brothers meant for harm, God turned around and used it for good and for salvation. You see, that's exactly the way God does in our lives. It's the way he's been doing down through the centuries and the millennia. And that's the way he'll do until he returns again and sets up his kingdom and ushers in the end of time itself. God really is in control. Dan thought that they had struck gold, and in a human sense, they had, because if you ever go to tell Dan with me, and we walk that beautiful place, and we walk that nature reserve, it is breathtaking. It's beautiful. It's plush. It's watery. It is filled with streams and springs, and it is absolute beauty with mountains all around, and it borders Lebanon, beautiful Lebanon, and it borders Syria, the prettiest part of it, and it is absolutely spectacular. But you see, again, God has the final say. And so I pray that as you study with me this week and we walk through these times together, that you will see whatever God gives to us, let's receive it graciously because God knows best. Yes, God knows best. For On The Way, this is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On The Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.